Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Forever Family series, where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Now let's join him for today's message. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at 1 through 16. It says, Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, When he ascended on high, he took captives captive, and he gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing it into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Today's title is bodybuilding. Say bodybuilding. You see over and over in this passage, he refers to the believers together as the body. And he's speaking about this growth and this maturity and this building up of the body. Now, bodybuilding in its physical nature is pretty interesting when you think about what it takes for these men and these women when they get on stage and, you know, they, they posing and you know, flexing and they doing all that, like they cramping on stage, they doing all that. It's a lot of work that goes into all of that. We can all attest right here that our human bodies just that we naturally go to work, eat, go home, sleep. We don't just wake up looking like that, do we? None of us. Matter of fact, a lot of people pay a whole lot of money for personal trainers to kind of look like that. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. You'd be surprised how much the grocery bill is for those people weekly. 
of the types, not just calories, but the kinds of calories they have to take in. The three a days when they get up and do cardio, they go and they work out lifting weights. Then they go in the evening and do another body weight circuit. It's a lot that goes into developing. It's not just that they hope it happens. They work that it comes to fruition. And what's interesting is, you know, some years ago, I kind of got into the bodybuilding world a little bit. You know, I got out of my football days, and I didn't want to work out anymore. And I'm like, I done worked out my whole life. I ain't working out anymore. I'm done. I'm going to go hoop. I go play basketball. Then somebody talked me into lifting weights again. I started having fun. Then I was like, hold on. I don't have to lift weights because coach tell me I can do stuff I want to do. And if I don't want to do it, you know what happens? I don't do it. And it became fun. I started to study and learn about this whole world and how you got the different physique and you got the bodybuilders and you got the fitness and it's like all these different levels. And if you see somebody, sometimes you can think, man, they're going to win the show. But then when they stand next to somebody else, they're like, no, they, they look bad. And, then, and that's where you get the competition, right? What's interesting is I learned in that world somebody can be leading the day before and prejudging and then they can mess up and eat just two ounces of the wrong thing that night. And the next day, they don't look like they looked before, and they actually lose. I was like, man, it's like precision. It's like effort. It's like work when it comes to this whole bodybuilding thing. Because the whole point is to go against what's natural. Build muscle, lose fat. That is not how we naturally work. It's hard to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. It's real easy to get fat, lose muscle. That's real easy. It's called snacking. We all guilty. I, I had to change my snacking. It's real easy, but it, it, it takes a lot of effort. But you see, the end result, when you don't cut corners, when you don't cheat on the re- regiment, it builds and shapes and molds this finished product that is, quite frankly, sometimes even scary looking. It's like, how the human body even get to looking like that? Now, we see that when it comes to the physical, and we understand the hours and the work and the investment and the commitment it takes for that type of lifestyle. And we read passages like this that talk about the building of our body, the growth and the maturation, and we think that it don't take all that. We think that it's just going to happen. When we are actually called, we are actually commanded to participate in this work that God is doing. And he starts out here in this first verse with the command with a call to walk worthy. He calls the believer to walk worthy. Worthy. Now, this is important because we have this huge transition in this letter. In this letter, the first three chapters is uh, what, what for my Bible students in here, it's called an indicative part. It's all about what is, what Christ has done, what the Holy Spirit has done, who we are as the body of Christ. And now it's transitioning into based off of who God is, based off of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done for you, what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. As you are the church now, and now it's command after command, what we ought to do and what we not to do. That's, that's how this letter rolls. And he starts off, the first command is walk worthy. And notice how he 
qualifies what he says. He starts off and says, I, the prisoner of the Lord. This, this, the reason he says that is he's writing this letter from jail. He's in jail because people have told him, stop preaching that Jesus stuff or else. And he wouldn't stop. So they threw him in jail for it. Now he's writing letters, still preaching. And he says, I'm the one that's been thrown in jail for this gospel. If you think anyone had an opportunity to quit on my commitment to Christ, I could have quit. But I didn't quit. And I want you to hear me right from jail and tell you this. Because of who you are in Christ, but what Christ has done, I want you to walk worthy of the Lord. Now when we think about what does it mean to walk worthy? What does this mean to be walking out the gospel of Jesus Christ? What does this mean? You know, you start walking. I, if you are a mother or a father, if you have babysat at any moment, any nieces or nephews, you may have noticed something. When a newborn is born into the world and has an older sibling, typically, that older sibling will start to respond in a certain way. Usually, you have this older sibling, and now they're experiencing uh, this baby getting more attention than I was. This baby getting more attention than, like, like this baby to kind of mess things up. I had a system of how this thing worked in this house, and now I got this baby in the house. And typically, not always, mostly always though, that sibling will start to revert, start to act like a baby. That sibling will start to act, start whining, crying, throwing fits, throwing tantrums. And you're like, hold on. And somebody might be sitting in here like, why are you talking about me, Pastor? Because I did that. And your younger sibling probably looking at you like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. They, they act like a baby. And, you, and as a parent, you get frustrated. You're like, why don't you act? What are you doing? You're three years old. Act like it. Act like you're five. You, you, you're five years old acting like you one. What is, what is this? Why? Because when you're at a certain level of maturation, it's, it's, not going, it's no going back. Going back is unacceptable. One of the most frustrating things. One of the, I, I remember when I, when I used to have hair. There was a time I had hair, y'all. When I used to have hair. And I'd go to the barbershop. We'd be sitting there talking. And you know what used to be frustrating me as a grown man? To see another grown man talking and acting like he's 15 years old. I'm sitting there like, hold on, man, we grown, man. Like, hold up. What is the deal? Like, like, like act, 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 act like an adult. No, act like a kid. When he's saying walk worthy, these are the things that come to my mind. If you know who you are in Christ, walk like it. Live like it. He's like, do you know what it means to carry the name of the king of the universe? Act like it. He says he is calling them to walk worthy of the gospel. And he says, I urge you. This is why he says, I'm begging you all. I'm begging for you all to walk this way. I'm begging for you all to walk out this calling that you have been called to. Now, the reason he used this calling, he says, God has called you. You have been saved. 
part of being saved, he's called you to now live out this Christ-like life. And if we don't quite know what he means right here, he gets real specific. What does he say? Look in the text. He says, this call that you receive, that you ought to be walking out, is one that's with all humility. How your Instagram look? How your Facebook look? Yeah, I know you. We think we humble until you start flipping through some of them, them, them posts and you be like, man, hold up. Now, it's one thing to, 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 to let people know. We, me, me and Pastor Ryan recently had a conversation between how it's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. You know, it is. You can be confident. Now, one thing I have learned, this, this is a little bit of my football side in me. And so when I say this, I don't mean to be mean when I say what I'm about to say. So I'm, I'm warning y'all, okay? I don't mean to be mean when I'm about to say what I'm about to say. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org, that's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. When we say there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence, confidence is knowing who you are and what you are and not being ashamed of that. Arrogance is belittling others because you don't perceive them to be where you are. That's the difference. Now, typically, I'm going to use this word, and this is not a culturally correct word, but typically losers can't determine between the two. Now, the reason I say that is when I say a loser, I'm not talking about somebody who's lost. I'm talking about a losing mentality. When they just make excuses and just quit on everything. They just quit as their heart, and it's just excuse after excuse, and they give no effort. They can't determine the difference between confidence and arrogance. So when you sitting there talking about the Lord and praising God, they think you're bragging. You're not responsible for that. You're responsible to give glory to God, but we have to be careful that we're not boastful in earthly things. As Paul says, my boast will be only in the cross of Christ. So I say that, so we got to be careful, and it's something that we got to be mindful of. And yeah, we slip up from time to time. I get that, but he's calling us. What does it mean to walk worthy? He starts off, and I think it's significant that he starts with all humility. Now, humility don't mean fake humility. Don't be, don't be walking, hey man, I'm just trying to be like you. No, you ain't. Quit lying. And that's a problem anyway. You need to be trying to be like Jesus. You'd be like, you'd be like now you're getting too churchy. Well, hey, I, I, we got to think about the words we use matter. And it reflects this mindset. I want us thinking about that. So when we talk about humility, I want you to think about humility is not thinking more of yourself than you should. That's really all it is. Keep yourself in perspective. Yeah, you got it going on in Jesus. But recognize you only have what you have and where you are, where you are because of God's grace. So don't be what one of my old, one of my old mentors. Now, she, she, I'm going to call her a mentor. She loved me. She was like a mother in my ministry back in Dallas. She was one of my lead volunteers when I was youth pastor in Dallas. And she used to use the term long-armed. She's like, don't be long-armed. That means patting yourself on the back all the time. She said, like, don't be long-armed. So me and my wife joke with that. Like, don't be long-armed. But it's 
all humility. Then he says this, and gentleness. You know, how do we, I, I, I said something one day and Pastor Ryan had me think about it. I said, we treat produce at the grocery store with more gentleness than we do people. We are more careful with bread and eggs that we buy at the grocery store than we are with people whom we say we love. He says, gentleness, this is part of walking worthy. He says, with patience. I know that's a curse word now. Don't nobody want to hear anybody say patience. We don't want to talk about it. Don't even bring it up. You get mad when you bring it up. Be patient. See, there you go. But what did he say? This is, this is what he said. With patience. Then he says, bearing with one another. That's not easy. Y'all know that's not easy, right? Bearing with one another. That, that, that implies you don't agree with. That implies that like we, we count on different pages, but we still tight. We good. And he says what? It's in love. It's selflessness. Making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Every effort. He says, this is one of the things you hear me talk about in our church. We fight for unity. And unity, we, we, we fight for it. This is what we strive for. We make every effort we can. Why? Because he's calling us as we walk out this gospel of Jesus Christ, that we fight for unity because our true unity is found in our faith. It's found in our relationship to Christ. That's where our unity comes from. You know, you think about this. And, and once, once we are unified in Jesus Christ, we're actually no longer the exact same we were before. There's a difference. There's a change in us. There's something that goes on. And I... It, it, Within our interpersonal relationships, there's a shift in how we do life together. Why? Because we are family. We are part of one body in Jesus Christ. Now, we understand shifts. We understand when two things come together and unify. I love coffee. I love coffee. I like different kinds of coffee. I love, if I'm eating something sweet, I drink it black. If I have it by itself, I take some sugar and cream. You know what you can't do? Like one time, my daughter, she was making some coffee, and she put the wrong creamer in and stirred it up. You know what the problem was? I can't take that creamer out. It's unified now. It's, it's, like, it's like it's become something else. So I either got to drink it or I got to throw it out and start over. Like I can't, I can't extract the cream. It's, it's done. It's, it's become a whole new thing. This is one of the things we think about when we talk about our unity is that unity is not sameness. We're not the same, but our unity is profound because we have become something different. We've become something new. Two different things have come together and made something brand new. This is what it means when we've come into the body of Christ. We have become something different than what we were before. But we're still not the exact same. That's why we talk about unity. Unity is diversity coming together for unified purpose. So when we're talking about our unity, this is something that's important. Because when we understand it's not sameness, he tells you where our unity comes from. It comes from this one body and one spirit called a one hope. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is above all and through all and in all. He's saying that the unity we have is something that's greater than anything in all of existence because our unity is grounded in the Lord himself. Now, this is an encouragement to us in the body of Christ. This means that there is no disagreement we can't overcome in Christ. No, disagreement is going to come. Problem is going to come. We got different opinions. We got different philosophies on certain things about how to do certain things. You know, like, like we, we see this if, if any of my married couples, y'all can identify with some stuff. You may have grown up two different ways with which way the toilet paper is supposed to be on the roll. Is it supposed to go over or is it supposed to go under? And both, if, if you're on different sides of the aisle, both of you think you're crazy. Like, why you do that? But then, you know what you get over it for? You get over that stuff because it's like, what? The marriage is greater than that problem. Our relationship, this marriage means more than the toothpaste. This marriage means more. Like, like we understand that. I say that because when we start talking about the body of Christ, anything that comes up, we go to, okay, what? Where are we grounded? Where are we unified and understanding our relationship to the Lord, how we walk in the Lord? And it's from there where we start to weigh what's most important or not. And it's in those spaces where that humility starts to come out and that bearing with. And you may find out just as in a marriage, just as even on, on sports teams or when, when you may find out like, hey, that's actually a bigger deal to you than it is to me. I can concede because it actually don't matter. Instead of being so stiff-necked, like, no, no, because that's how I grew up. No, it, it actually don't matter. We have this true unity because we've been called to this oneness in Christ. And this is important for us, family. This is huge. Because when we start to weigh the significance of the hope we have, so we talk about this hope. We have, these, we have these different aspects when we talk about our salvation in Christ. Like, we are saved once and for all. Christ has died once and for all for the forgiveness of the sins. Through faith, we have forgiveness. We are saved. But then we have this aspect where we're growing in Christ. We're walking this thing out. You know, we're, 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 we're walking in sanctification. But then we have this hope of the glory to come when Jesus returns, new heavens, new earth, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. He says we have this hope, and because we have this hope, everything else is weighed by that hope. And we start to realize that some of the things that we make a big deal in life, not a big deal. Some of the things that we think are important are actually not as important as we thought. We've learned that lesson through this pandemic. Some things we thought we couldn't live without, you found out you actually could. You actually could. And notice he says it's the equipment of the saints to do the work of the ministry. And it also, that's a purpose, to build up. We start off talking about bodybuilding. You want to build up. You want to build and, and you want to develop the church. You want to grow. You want the body of Christ to grow to maturity. Because that's the goal is maturity. He said, then this is the effort. This is the job. This is what we do. This is just what we do. This, 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 is, this is a different calling. This calling, it's all part of this walking worthy, right? This walking out. We're walking out the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not that I come to church on Sunday, I'm good. Check box, let's go for the rest of the week. No, it's a lifestyle. You are putting Christ on display and you're serving in all the different ways in which 
God has called you to serve. This growth in community is huge. This is one of the things I, I love to share because when I talk about the importance of the gathering of the saints, the importance of us coming together, the importance of a Sunday worship service, the importance of a Wednesday. Sometimes, and I mentioned it, consumer experience, consumer culture. I want you to flip something in your mind. Sometimes we think, I need to go to church today because I need something. Let me tell you something. There are oftentimes you need to come on to church, not just because you need something, but somebody else needs to see you. Somebody else needs to have that conversation with you. Somebody else needs to hear you pray for them. Somebody else needs to see you in worship. Somebody else needs to see your smile for the day, even if it's through a mask. They need to see God's got you. They need to see you looking well. You never know the impact you have on others, pe- other people just by even showing up. And how this promotes growth. Everything you do, you're waiting on other people to do what they do. You are waiting on people to make the clothing properly, the clothes that you're wearing today so that you could come today. We're all connected inter- interdependently. Don't miss that point when it comes to the body of Christ. We all need each other to do what we do. And if we're going to fulfill the call that God has given us, it's going to come with us walking worthy in the Lord, of us acknowledging and embracing this unity we have in Christ, giving glory and honor to our benevolent King who has graced us and given us all we need so that we can grow together. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. Today's message was the first half of the current series, Forever Family where we learn how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to donate to Point Ministries today and request your copy of the Forever Family Sermon Series on MP3. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.